0: Hey, everyone. I'm Mike DelPretti, and you're listening to Context, the podcast where we are talking to business leaders about what's changing and not changing in real estate. So today I am joined again by Orly Ripmaster. Hi, Orly. Hi, Mike. Uh, Orly was one of my first guests. I should speak to you. Orly, you were one of my first guests. You were my first guest last year. So the inaugural Context Podcast guest. And here we are. Happy to have you back.
1: Oh, I'm so grateful to be back. What a great podcast that you've started, Mike. You have become the single source of truth out there in terms of real estate and what's really happening and people are listening. And I'm just so grateful to be a part of it. And thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And thank you. I appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. I've enjoyed getting this going and lugging my gigantic podcast equipment around (laughs) to campus every week, but it gives me something to do and it's fun to talk to everybody.
1: Awesome. Yeah, it is quite the setup we have here. So we
0: just talked a couple months ago and I feel like if we had part two of that conversation, I don't know how much new would come out of it. What I actually wanted to do today was talk about an event that's happening next week. And again, the timing of this, maybe that's this week when it comes out, but the real estate innovation hub. And that's something that I'm putting on. It's here in Boulder. I kind of quietly announced it on LinkedIn. And the idea behind that for me was to create a new event, a new experience, all in person, bring in a bunch of smart folks, 10, and, and try to take the best elements of a conference, a workshop, and coworking space, and just put it all together together. You know, I go to industry conferences and I just get exhausted so quick. There's so much information. Can you so, relate?
1: Oh, so much to absorb and you're you're constantly networking and there's so many people that you feel like you can't even make close relationships because you're handshaking everywhere and turning around. And, right. and so I can absolutely relate to that.
0: And I love it because it feels like a high school reunion mm-hmm. and you're bumping into all these people. And I've, I thought to myself more than once, I was like, man, wouldn't it be cool if we were all just working in the same building together? So that's kind of the idea behind this is to bring folks together and have this combination of the way I think about it, potential energy and kinetic energy. I love that. So it's not just back to back sessions, panels, speaking, research. It's actually that and then intentional time and space with nothing planned, like co-working, mm-hmm. right? Kind of like the office where you just knock on somebody's door like, hey, Mike, what's going on? I have this idea.
1: Are you playing the role of Michael Scott? Yes.
0: <laughs> Perfect. I, I got a mug and, and everything already. Uh, so I'm, I'm curious and I'm really excited to kick that off and see how it goes.
1: Well, I'm so excited you'll to be, be a there. part of yeah. the first week. And I'm sure that there was a wait list. And I think that once people heard about your innovation hub, there was probably an influx of applications to join. And I can't wait to be a part of the colleagues that I'm going to meet. I think you'll be so happy to learn that once you sent out the final roster, Mm. we all started connecting on LinkedIn. Oh, good. (laughs) So we were all sending notes to each other and trying to sort of outside of the agenda, have a dinner Mm -hmm. um, next Monday night and just get to know each other before we got in the room. Yeah. And so that in and of itself is instantaneous value about what this is, but I can absolutely relate to the pace of conferences. And I'm really looking forward to, within this innovation hub, having kind of a conference setting. For example, there's the panel, Mm. I think on Tuesday, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe Wednesday. And there's a few of us talking to a few other people. right? And yes, it's a panel similar to what you would have at a conference, but it's really intimate. Mm. And the questions that are gonna come are going to be not people that listened to the headline, right? but people that listened to, you know, the meat of the story and, and want to dig in deeper. And I'm really excited for that free thinking environment alongside my real estate colleagues across the nation, where we don't have 45 minutes with the ticker on the bottom of the screen telling us when our presentation's over, but instead being able to take some ideas and put them on the open road.
0: Yeah. No, that's a really good point. To your note about interest, it was totally oversubscribed. So I had about five open spots for January. I just posted on LinkedIn and we had 50 people apply. Awesome. So that's a 10x oversubscribed. So we're going to do it. And I say we, the royal we. We're going to do it again in February and we're going to do it again in March. Those Those are kind of full. So if you're just hearing about it now and you're interested, you can send me an email. But I'm just doing these first three months as a test. I want to do it and learn. And then after that, we'll kind of open it up and bring some more folks in. So we'll see how it goes.
1: Well, we'll so, be excited to be part of your incubator and yeah. test, test what went great and test so what might be. Why did better. you
0: apply? Why were you interested? what do you What are you looking forward to about next week?
1: That's a great question. So I was very excited about the opportunity to collaborate in our business right now. There's so much competition, mm. and that competition can be. Sometimes, honestly, it can even get to the level of toxic. Mm. But what you're offering is a safe, innovative opportunity to be collaborative with industry leaders and check your egos at the door, check your badges at the door, check your title at the door, and just think together. Because I think together, there's so much that different parts of us are seeing. For example, I can't wait to have an hour with my colleague from exp Mm. I don't know enough about their business model and I know he's very successful and I don't think we ever would cross paths right he's not at our conferences right I'm not at his conferences yeah and so this is just an awesome opportunity to check your brand at the door check your ego at the door check your title at the door and let's get get together and I don't think we're gonna solve all the industry's problems but I think from a perspective of collaboration My brand, Slifer, Smith & Frampton, is a very well-known brand in Colorado. We are a powerhouse brand. We've been here for 62 years. Luxury leaders, number one independent in the state of Colorado. But we're independent. Mm. And independence in so many ways is our competitive advantage because it's this unencumbered agility and unencumbered freedom to kind of do what we need for our markets, for our clients, for Our solutions and for our staff. We don't have a stamp it out perspective. We have a customize it and figure it out for your market because we can navigate that. Mm -hmm. But part of what goes along with independence and that freedom and that agility is you have to be great collaborators because independent by definition means that you're on your own in many ways. And so this is an awesome opportunity to sort of bring that collaboration together, see different business models, see different business leaders, and really have that opportunity to marry that freedom that we love and we believe truly is our uh, competitive advantage with that ability to collaborate. And I think it's a guiding principle that we believe in and that strength of collaboration, I'm looking forward to out of the Innovation Hub.
0: Who do you collaborate with now?
1: So we are a member of Forbes Global Properties, leading RE, uh, leading real estate companies of the world, and luxury portfolio. Mm. And it's been fantastic. I'll speak about Forbes and our membership with Forbes. It's been an excellent addition to our affiliations. Forbes is a members-only, exclusive to each individual market company. And membership group, I guess, is the better core word. Across the globe, we've got 17,000 vetted Forbes Global Properties, Agents, and that's an incredible amount of power that's driven by members only, invitation only, top tier in their market agents. So, having that network is a huge part of our collaboration, but that's globally. We work to train our agents just as anyone would, that even in your local marketplace, it's the collaboration with brokers across the aisle, just because they work at a different brand. Just because they don't have your flag, obviously you'd love to do, you know, things with your office mate or whatnot, but that piece of collaboration is so important alongside our independence. It's that, it's that flexibility. So yes, we're independent, but we have to have those great relationships. You've got to know the leading brokers in your town. You've got to know, you know, who's doing what and have really strong relationships built.
0: Mm. So for the hub next week, are there any particular business opportunities or challenges you have in mind that you're looking to unpack?
1: I'm really looking to hear if what we're seeing in our market is similar. We're feeling a bit of a thaw. You and I were talking about this before we hit record, but we all know that 2023, there was a reluctance to accept the interest rate environment, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And what you and I were talking about was how that reluctance we focused in many ways, we focused on the buyer. And that was the reluctance of the buyer to accept that interest rate environment. I want to come back to that in a second, but there was also a reluctance of the seller to accept that interest rate environment because they didn't want their house to sit on the market for six months. They didn't want to have to clean up every third week when there was a, you know, intermittent showing. Mm -hmm. So as we're starting to see this thaw... Is it coming from sellers first, which is going to help clear up that inventory that we've really been needing, that the market's been craving? And I would love to see, because I know we've got people coming in from all over the nation, if they're finding that too. My sense is that they are, but I'd love to hear it more Mm data-based and not necessarily as anecdotally. Mm. But I wanted to come back to this idea of the word I chose, which was accepting the interest rate environment. I chose that advisedly because It's not necessarily the rate itself that people were reluctant towards. It was the environment. And a lot of that, as I speak to you and a lot of the real estate world out there, in many ways, it was our fault, Hmm. right? We've got so many things now that we can tell our sphere and we can tell the world and we've got social media and newsletters and all these blasts and of course, when the world was great in 2020 and 2021, we were, how's the market? It's amazing. Come on out. How's the market? It's amazing. You have to kind of pull that filament through towards how's the market. Oh, it's down. Mm -hmm. And you have to keep posting that Mm -hmm. because your followers are waiting for that. And that in and of itself becomes an echo chamber of who's doing what and saying what. And all of a sudden, you know, back in the last recession, there probably wasn't as much of that. And now you're hearing it from everyone and oh. I better slow down. I better think twice because I saw 16 people post that the market was down 16%. And um, I do think that that is something that probably institutionally as an industry, we can maybe do a little bit of a better job with. The name of this podcast is Context. Mm. Let's give real context to our clients about what the market really is like. That's sort of in their local market and making sure they're having those conversations. Because people need real context.
0: Right. Now that makes a lot of sense. What about in your business? What about operationally? Is there anything operationally you're looking to kind of unpack or get help on from any of these other folks? Because some of them will be in similar shoes as yours. Sure.
1: Operationally, I'd love to understand how folks are working with that intersection between tech and humanity. Hmm. How they're helping that cross-section of realtors who I believe really sit at the industry's helm right now who want to be great at both. We talked last time when I was here about um, the archetypes Mm -hmm. and there's eight archetypes that, well, that I believe in um, or have been figuring out. But across each one of those, there's a group and archetype that will not touch a CRM. Right? They will not touch. Of course, on one of your podcasts, I, I think it was Robert Refkin. I really liked his analogy towards um, that your cell phone's a CRM. Mm, yeah. Right? That you're writing letters in way a CRM. Like all of it is a CRM because it's all customer relationship management. But there are a subset of brokers who are not agents, we call them brokers in Colorado, that will not touch a CRM. And that's okay. Right. In fact, it's great. And then there are a subset that probably don't leave their house and they do most of it on CRM Mm. and that's okay. It's in many ways, great. How are people working with the people in the middle? What is that, that support look like to help them understand and navigate the right percentages, the right mix of tech and humanity, humanity and tech outreach, digitally outreach outreach in person and i'd love to hear because i know that a lot of the colleagues that i'll be meeting with next week are very tech heavy and we of course have you know state-of-the-art tech as everyone does but i wouldn't necessarily call us tech heavy i'd call us much more sphere heavy Mm -hmm. and it works really well for us and that collaboration in the middle i'm really excited to learn about that
0: yeah In addition to that, are there any other just general topics you're interested in learning about or talking more about?
1: So I was thinking about this and it's coming to me from my community involvement. So I sit on the school board and we've been working on a problem for probably about 18 months now here in the Boulder market. And the challenge that we're seeing is demographics. And we're looking to try to understand, and it's not just our school board, it's many across the nation. We're trying to look and understand what is the next five, 10 years of the school, right? The head of school's role is to take care of the day-to-day, but the school board's role is to understand the future. Mm. And here in Boulder, the demographics are changing quickly. Mm. More deaths than births. The peak... I think the if I get it right, the peak birth for our state, not necessarily our city, but for our state was 2007. So those kids are not elementary aged kiddos anymore. Mm -hmm. They're heading off to college. Mm. In fact, interesting fact that I picked up the other day, 25% of our college aged kids are going to go out of state. Really? Because out of state schools are giving in many ways more scholarships. Really, to Colorado kids, right? Mm. There is so much demographics and demography. There is so much competition for the best and the brightest. There's so much competition for people, for jobs. And what we're seeing in Colorado and what we're seeing in Boulder is that there's less and less kiddos. And we're talking about that at the school board. And then I'm like, wait a minute, This applies so succinctly to my business, Mm -hmm. and I'd love to get a conversation started next week about that, because if, you know, Florida has a very different demographic setup, New York has a very different demographic setup, California, migration, net migration, births, deaths, all of that fundamentally underlies our industry.
0: Yeah. How, How does it impact your business?
1: Well, so the research suggests, it's actually research out of the University of Colorado, so nice job, CU, go Buffs, is that in Colorado, in 20, I believe it's 2030, might be 2035, 65 plus will be a bigger age group than less than 18. Hmm. Wow. I mean, if that is driving decisions that we have to make. That is great for our business in some ways and tricky for our business in other ways. And the school board has to look at it and has to think about it because they need to know what to do with funding. They need to know what to do with size of schools, investment in those schools. And we need to look at it in terms of what is the type of realtor that we want to bring on? Who is the sphere? Who is talking to the main demographics of our town, Mm. main demographics of our state? So we're keeping an eye on it. And I, and I really look forward to um, chatting with some of my colleagues next week about that. Cause I think it's, you know, you involve yourself in the community and you pick up these things that say, Oh wait, let's Let's focus on that because it is a big topic and there's a lot of changes going on in our country and in our micro locations and our macro locations.
0: Yeah, no, that's fascinating. Hmm. So another way that I think about the hub, another angle is kind of giving and taking, right? If you're sharing information or if you're just sitting back and absorbing information, typical conference, most attendees are taking information. Mm -hmm. Most people up on stage are giving information. It's very one way. How do you think about that for yourself? Are you give? Are you take? Are you a little bit of both?
1: I hope to be a little bit of both. I hope that we're all kind of a mixture and a little bit of both. I guess the age old saying is you can't learn while you're talking. (laughs) So I think everyone in the room is going to bring so much unique energy. And at some points there might be someone who's an absolute expert. And let's sit back and listen. Because they're the expert, and there are other times it might be completely collaborative and roundtable. I know I'm on one of the panels, and that's going to be very exciting um, because that is a chance to kind of have a mini conference, and then I hope that I'm not on one of the panels yeah and um, as a chance to learn from a mini conference and ask questions. but my sense is that the student body, so to speak of the innovation hub will be quite inquisitive okay so that curiosity I'm excited to surround myself with that curiosity
0: if you could invite anyone to join us next week dead
1: or alive who would you invite that's a great question okay i think my kids will be proud of me they'll have to listen to the podcast i would invite the goddess athena Hmm. so the goddess athena was uh famous for being the goddess of war and strategy That's what we're in Like I said, competition can be fierce, sometimes to the level of toxic. And there was Athena's counterpart in war in Greek mythology was Ares. There's a lot of weird family dynamics about the Olympians and whatnot. And we don't have to get into that. But I think it was her brother. My kids will correct me, I'm sure. But Ares was the god of battle. Not strategy. Mm. And so he was sort of like this hot headed god that would go in and just kind of create disruption. Whereas Athena would go in with a strategy Mm. and understand her competition and understand what was ahead of them and why they were doing it. So that's why I wouldn't invite Ares, because we've had enough of him. Mm -hmm. Get on out of here. And I'd invite Athena, and I think it would be really interesting. That's great. I love the answer.
0: Thanks. The focus on strategy.
1: The focus on strategy. And it's still a battle. Yeah. I will not go as far as to say that, like, we're all going to walk out and be like, oh, we're all happy and and everyone is on the same page. Like, I think there's still going to be a level of competition. Right. It's a healthy market dynamic to have competition. But I'd love for that competition to start working in a way that's strategic and that there's room for everybody.
0: What can you share about your strategy? It's been three or four months since we've chatted the market's doing what the market does. Yeah. What's your strategy? It's
1: a great question. So I would say that our strategy, particularly here on the Front Range, for those of that don't know Colorado, the Front Range is basically Metro Denver. It's Boulder, Denver, Colorado Springs, Fort Collins, but it's, it's where 85% of Colorado's population lives. And then we have our mountain markets, which are the best of the best markets, if I'm totally biased Mm. in the world, right? you got Vail and Breckenridge and Aspen and Steamboat, just beautiful places. For us, the focus on Forbes and media and earned media has been really, really a powerful push for us. But also that we are authentically Colorado and that is different. So we've started a campaign called the Colorado Calling Campaign. And there's lots of amazing catchphrases, but at the end of the day, and Thousand Watt helped us with that, so shout out to Thousand Watt and shout out to our marketing team who pulled off an awesome campaign. But at the end of the day, we're focused on being Colorado, Mm -hmm. being bedrock, Mm -hmm. being authentic, being what people want when they come to Colorado and helping them if they decide that it's not for them. And I think that authenticity and that bedrock and that foundation, alongside Forbes as that like credibility and that vote of authority sort of in the business marketplace, I think has led to us having this real, I guess I'll use the word credibility again, credibility as the market leaders. We know everything about Colorado, but we also have this like global thing. I was in the University of Colorado's Economic Forum the other day and they used this word and I loved it. And I'm not sure if I'll get in trouble if I coin the word uh, it was your dean mm. and it's glocal. <laughs> and it's their new catchphrase and I loved it. It's glocal. Yeah. And and I think we're absolutely the best of the best at being glocal and <laughs> being authentic towards that.
0: You're definitely the most glocal person I've met with today.
1: <laughs> Thanks um, Mike. <laughs>
0: You've listened to the podcast since you were on the guests. I sure have. have What's one thing you've learned?
1: There's a lot that I've learned. I learned what coffee people like to drink. No, um, (laughs) I have and I am not a coffee drinker. I would probably answer that question probably different than most. How do you start your day? Thanks for asking. I actually drink hot water with lemon Mm -hmm. and honey. Mm -hmm. And why that's important is because it's my own honey. Ah. So in my family, we have a ranch and we grow our own food and we produce our own honey. And it's lavender honey because we have lavender fields and we sell it at local farmers markets. But every morning I have a spoonful of my own honey.
0: (laughs) That's great. All right. Hot water, lemon. Hot water, lemon and homemade homemade honey. honey. Love it.
1: Yep. Sorry. I digress. And,
0: And then, you know, I digress. I asked you the question. Yeah. So what's something you've learned?
1: So what I loved was that overall thematically, trying to listen sort of thematically, everyone's saying the same things. Hmm. That sort of comes back to that competition being strategic because we're all saying the same things. And which is that there's room out there for all of us. There's room out there for all sorts of business models, mm-hmm. the new high tech, the bedrock foundation, authentic, the legacy, the sizzle, there's room out there for all of us and real estate is local, but it's increasingly global, global, if you will. And at the end of the day, all the leaders across the board were talking about that and it's different ways of communicating it. And it's different paths to getting there. But our clients like choice, right? They like to be able to choose. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really important piece to what you're shedding light on within your podcast and all the very, very intelligent speakers that you've had is that it's still a fundamentally relationship driven business. The agents are at the core of a fundamentally relationship driven business. Mm. And that's the core of what you're getting at in your podcast with all of your guests. And then there's lots of stories around it. And I love that.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, good. Okay.
0: Anything else you want to share about your business or something you're looking forward to with the hub next week?
1: Sure. So one of the things that I actually had this written down, I really wanted to share. I don't know why it's so funny. I'm excited that the hub is when it is. I'm excited that it's at the beginning of the year. And I think there's a lot of enthusiasm for 2024 right now. And right now we're sort of late January, 2024. The hub is next week. I think it's the first week of February, first half week of February or whatnot. And it's a great chance to connect and think big because once you get through the you know, first half of the year, you start kind of thinking about, okay, the end of the year and all the things you have going on, but there's this open space and there's this white space in our minds in the beginning of the year. Mm. And so I thought I'd draw this analogy because tonight, and I'm guessing most of your guests haven't gotten into like the stars or whatnot, but tonight is a full moon mm. and it is the first full moon of the year.
0: Okay.
1: And traditionally it's been called the Wolf Moon. Okay, And I got really interested in this because I think there's this awesome corollary about what we're going to be walking into next week, Mm -hmm. which is a lot of apparently in the wintertime, wolves are more vocal and they're more vocal. And a lot of people have misinterpreted that as being hungry Mm -hmm. because it's the middle of the winter. And so you can hear them more and they howl more. But actually, the vocality of the wolf pack is them rallying together. It's the time of year when they define their territory, when they collaborate around the hunt, when they coordinate their hunting grounds, they rally their packs from wherever they might be calling in from across the forest or across the land. And I think it's an awesome analogy for what we're about to do tomorrow. So the Wolf Moon will bring us into the Innovation Hub with lots of enthusiasm for rallying the troops and defining territories and coordinating the hunt.
0: That's great. That's a lovely connection. I like that.
1: Thanks. Wolf moon. All Everyone's right. everyone. look. I mean, the wolf moon will have been a few days later once this podcast comes out. But next year in January, everyone, you know, mark the wolf moon. OK,
0: well, maybe we'll see some howling next week. <laughs> there you go. Or hear some howling. There you go. All right. Thanks, Orly. It's awesome to have you back. And yeah, that'll do it for today. So I'm Mike Delpretty. This is Context here with Orly. And we will catch you all next time.
1: Thanks, Thanks. Mike.